When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tom Bernard Show with our special guest. Ooh, special. You can right. introduce yourself, to right. our special Shane guest. Shane Moss is joining us today. From? Everybody. From Portland, Oregon. No, I'm at the Acme. Uh, recently moved. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> performing. He's performing at the uh, iconic Acme Comedy Club. That's exactly right. Uh, two shows. Friday, two shows. Saturday. Come out and get your yuck yucks. That's what I. That's what I deliver. Is You're I, I don't. I don't like laughs. You don't like laughs. I like the yuck yucks. Okay, we'll yeah. make sure that people that go see you with yuck yucks. Yeah. Also with us, co-host Catherine Brand, Cassie Schrader, Andy Brand Bernard, and Mike Molina. So Catherine bought a bunch of stuff for Molina's going away party. It's his last day on the show. I oh, fired him. Wow. Oh, oh. Fired him Tuesday. All right. Yeah. Now he's moving to New York. Oh, so you moved to Portland, he's moved to New York. <laughs> yeah, I started in Boston uh, right. because I was like aiming for New York and then had <laughs> a friend moving to Boston. I was like close enough and it ended up working out for me. But I always had big dreams of, are you going to New York City? Yep. Okay, yeah, I had big Big Apple dreams, and, and then I and I spent some time there and changed my mind. But um, <laughs> tell you what, but, we'll, be, uh, <laughs> we'll run a break. And we'll be right back. Shane Moss is with us, and we'll schmooze right after yeah. this Tom Bernard show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over sixty years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way: upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people 
who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Oh, he's going to be performing at the royal wedding tomorrow is uh, Elton John. And I think Shane Moss is. Are you, gonna, are you in the world? No, you're in Acme, so you can't go. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Skype in. I'm going to do, do, uh, do a couple a of my idea. skits. Or sure. Yeah, for him. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to be kooky and all that stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's... Everyone's just going to love it. I'm going to have costumes. There's going to be characters. It's going to be amazing. Well, I guarantee Elton John will have a costume. He loves costumes. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's going to be there, and he actually is going to perform at the royal wedding, too. We found that out, that he will be performing. I mean... You get Shane Moss and Elton John in your your wedding, you know, you're you're doing pretty well for yourself. Not certain. Paul McCartney? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be there or not. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure he's invited. Yeah. I'm surprised he wouldn't be performing, too. Mick Jagger is probably Mick Jagger, yeah. Ringo. Ringo will probably be there. I don't know. I, I have no idea, but uh, she changed it up again. So, yeah. So Prince Chuck can only walk her about 10 feet. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> not on the de- Probably demanded that there was American music. They called it, uh, by the way, Shane. Yeah, that's right. Shane, they called it uh, Meghan Markle's decision. Uh, a striking feminist statement. What was the decision? I don't. I, I, I have to apologize because um, I I don't really follow the royals. No. Uh, yeah, God. I don't. Uh, I used to have the royals kind of news feed <laughs> piping in through my phone twenty four seven, and it just it was it was just. It was too addictive. It was just too stressful. You know, what's going on with those royals this week? And it was, I was always on the edge of my seat and, and, uh, I couldn't get much else done. Right. You know, and, uh, and so, so you'll have to, you'll have to fill me in. I've been a little, I don't know either. What, what's the, what, what's the big political stance that the, that the wedding is? Well, uh, apparently the fact that she's not going to have be walked down the aisle is a striking feminist statement. Oh, because she can walk on her own. Because mm-hmm. she can walk on her yeah, own. That's exactly right. Oh, look at women these yeah, days. Walking. walking and everything. All <laughs> oh, right. Without assistance. Oh, without assistance. <laughs> okay. Look at you, independent ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she'll be smoking a Virginia Slim. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. Virginia Slim. Do they still sell those? I don't know. Yes. They do? Absolutely. You know what I you love about them? that? Uh, no, I quit smoking cigarettes the last July. But oh, I, I, quit, I quit smoking for three or four years one other time. So That's hard. Hopefully this – so I started again, and, and so hopefully this time it's uh, – yeah. I mean, not, it's been nine months. I don't have any uh, – 
A nine or ten months. I don't have any craving. Now when I see a smoker, I'm like, what is wrong with that person? <laughs> it's just like, how could you? It's very Portland what, of what, you. Yeah. And, no, and, in Portland, uh, they smoke all the time. They do? Kids, really? like, like college-age kids are smoking like mad. Why, why, how, where are you getting all this Portland information from? <laughs> what is this? You have a well, lot. I don't know if it's specific. You have a lot of strong Portland. opinions about, uh, about I don't know if that's specifically specific to Portland, but Portland is a, per, a pretty young city, and young people like to smoke again for some reason. Oh, no. That is trendy. Are young people smoking again? I think with, like, the hipster crowd. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Really? Most of the hipsters. <laughs> and you're like, not yeah, a hipster, by young, right? I mean, like, you know, 20 I'm to 25. I'm not a hipster. No, no, you don't seem hipster. I'm, uh, my girlfriend, I would say, is a hippie. A hippie, okay. Yeah, that's, that's different. different. That is different. Yeah, yeah that is different. Not, not. Are you still hitting the bong, though? The bong, uh, no. I mean, if I do smoke weed, which is irregularly at best, oh, okay. pr- um, probably like twice a month, I have like a half a hit of really? of, uh, of marijuana and nervously wait to see if I freak out or not. Like, I I used to own a bong when I was uh, when I was uh, seventeen years old. I had a six foot bong. I, we used to. <laughs> We used to drive around. I'm, I'm from uh, I'm from outside of La Crosse, Wisconsin. We used to drive around in the bluffs in my car with a six foot bong in it. Someone would have to be smoking it in the back seat, and you'd have to light it in the front seat. Oh it's so ridiculous. This is just like what I mean. That's part of when something's illegal. That is the sort of stupid behavior because yes. it's yes. like so dangerous. You know, now like I live in uh, just outside of Port. Portland and Vancouver, Washington, and both Washington and Oregon have just completely legal marijuana, and mm-hmm. it's just boring. Like, just no, no one cares. No one cares. Ninety percent of weed culture is like about breaking the law. Yeah, very much so. And so it's yeah, but uh, I, I do. I actually uh, today have um, tickets go on sale for a documentary I made last year. It's uh, premiering at a film festival called Dances with Films in L.A., uh, and it's a documentary called Psychonautics, a comics exploration into psychedelics. And so Ooh. I do, I, I cover uh, not marijuana, but other Yeah, because uh, marijuana is technically not, is it psychedelic? It can be. If you, if you like eat a lot of edibles, you can have a psychedelic experience on marijuana. Mm. And it's not, it's never a pleasant one. I've had those mm, and there's nope. never <clears> anything <throat> like enjoyable. Really? I mean, no, it's, uh, no it, it's, it's usually like. I mean, I used to, I, I remember I used to, you know, have a little, I'd have some marijuana and like be a little silly and get out of my head and play video games and it was a, it was a wonderful time and now I, now I have like one hit of weed and I'm like, I gotta do my taxes, well. you know, it's, just a, it's the well, opposite of what you would want in a drug. You brought um, it up when you guys went to Vegas with the KQ Morning Show where oh, it's like yeah. if you, you I know, take people. one and it doesn't hit you right away and you wait an hour and oh, you're like, man. then you start, you know. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm I'm not a fan. I don't mean to because there's definitely um, the the psychedelic community and the stoner community. There's some overlap there for sure. Yeah, but yeah, not as that. much as you'd think. No. There's a lot more because the the documentary was more based on the kind of um, Johns Hopkins studies and kind of scientific research going on. 
um, in in those realms with uh, you know MDMA being treated for P, uh, being used as a treatment for PTSD and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Oh yeah, right. And um, and so you know it was meant to be uh, uh, you know exploring kind of the research and and not so much just doing them recreationally. Um, Do you think that pot affects you differently now because just so much stronger? Or maybe, you- uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you can always smoke less. I do remember when I got my my marijuana card when I was living. I lived in L.A. for uh, years. That's where I moved from to Portland, um, and it was exciting. Even though I wasn't, I haven't, I haven't been that much of a fan of marijuana in, in many years now. But I, I remember being excited when I got my card, and I remember going into the dispensary, and it's just this amazing, like, candy oh, shop yeah, of, yeah. of high school Shane's dreams. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, it was like for my high school self, I went in there and was like, give me all the best of everything that you have, and price is no object, and, and, uh, and I, it was kind of awful because i would have one hit of you know the super skywalker or whatever and um and then uh it was and i was just incapacitated and there really? was like really nothing fun about it mm. and and but now, so then i learned to just you you go there's like a big jar of of shake when they trim the we there's just like a bunch of shake that falls out that they just all combine into uh, like a, a big jar that you can mm-hmm. get grams for really, really cheap, and have uh, I'd have like a little bit of that, and that was fun. So I, now it's like the worst, the weed. It, like when I was in high school, you'd have to like pick out the beans and the stems and right, you know, right. all that, yep. and and it was always uh, like sometimes it. it didn't do much of anything to you and you're trying to get the best stuff possible and now if you're going into a dispenser you should just ask for like the least potent oh yeah we oh absolutely sure. yeah. could you just light this a block away and then i'll go <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah okay there we go that's what molina like was sniff. talking about we uh, up until this past year doing two shows a year in vegas uh, for the last 18 years mm-hmm. Then I got tired of doing shows at three o'clock in the morning, and it's like, yeah, okay, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but I told people if you go to the dispensary, the Grove is right across from UNLV in Vegas, uh-huh. and it's a it's a dispensary. They do a nice job. I I like ten milligrams of indica because it makes me sleep really well. Yeah, you know, it's really good for sleep. Uh-huh. But I I told people in the audience, I said, if you've never done uh, if you've never smoked pot, if you've never had pot before, and if you take 10 grams of it, don't, if like even two hours from now, if it's done nothing, don't take another one because it's not a good idea. Yeah. And s- several people didn't listen to me. Yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, the age-old <laughs> the age old mistake is. is the few too many edibles that yeah. can happen. Or if someone screws it up, because back in college it was the only time I had an edible, and the girl making them, of course, was a big pothead, and she screwed mm. up. She made two pans of brownies, and they were supposed to be special brownies. Well, she put all the weed in one pan, yeah, that's... and there was a regular pan of brownies. And of course, I had one brownie from the overloaded pan, and uh, was yeah. Good. Well, that's the problem. And then uh, you know you have the the, the uh, you, you know the the pan is uneven in yep. the rack or yeah. whatever. And oh all, yeah. And all the all the butter goes into one corner, <laughs> and, you, and then you have that one, and you just start tripping. Yeah. It's I yeah. I mean, I'm, 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm very cautious when I have I uh, when I have weed now. I I mean like psilocybin mushrooms. I I respond well to, and I find them to be a nice creative aid and very therapeutic, and it's helped with depression and all of that. Uh, so I'm I'm actually way more scared of uh, marijuana than I am of, of uh, so something me, that most people would consider to be a more powerful experience, which is mushrooms. Tell me more about your movie. I want to hear about. So it it debuts when. Uh, it debuts June fifteenth. June fifteenth. Just the, the historic Man's Chinese Theater. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. Very nice. So, uh, so yes, tickets went on sale today. So hopefully, hopefully, filling the theater. And you know, it's it's in L.A. So you know, we're hoping a bunch of the distributors and right, that right. sort of thing will come out, and hopefully, we'll uh, we'll get a nice distribution deal. Uh, with it, all that happened was I've been doing themed shows for years. With mm-hmm. uh, I have a science podcast called Here We Are, and I interview uh, a lot of like neuroscientists and psychologists and well, behavioral be economics people. Yeah, yeah, I did four uh, different ones while I was in town here. We did one on uh, AI, another mm-hmm. one on um, social networks and privacy and that sort of thing. We did another one on uh, boredom, like why we get bored and how to, how you can change it. And uh, what was I forget what the subject of the other podcast was. I've had there a busy week. There were four week. of them. That's a lot <laughs> to remember. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. to remember exactly. So that's the kind of thing you know. It's all over the place. We had an episode on dung beetles recently. It's it's so I, I get to I get to learn all sorts of uh, of fun, interesting things. But I put a lot of that into my stand-up. So if someone comes and sees me in Acme, I have a lot of jokes about kind of perception and consciousness and wh- why we make the decisions that we do usually the, you, i just have like really fancy uh, uh sex jokes basically it's the same. <laughs> but they're fancy so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um and and so uh, this is so i had a I had a, a special called mating season that was all kind of about the evolution of mating behavior and animal mating behavior and how it relates to humans. And then I had a, a CD about breaking my feet and the, the um, why we experience negative emotions and remember negative things that, uh, more saliently than than positive things. And that so I've I've uh, I've liked doing these theme things, and I put together this show about psychedelics because there was something that was beneficial to me, and I had all these jokes about it and you can't just drop a bunch of material about psychedelics on an unsuspecting audience it's not relatable for a lot of people there's a lot of stigma attached and and i just wouldn't want to do that to someone that i mean if i walked into a show and didn't know like someone was doing an entire show about football or whatever and and i was like well you know it might be funny but it's just not what i want to hear for an hour and so i started doing this show in like little indie venues and marketing it and it really it was just an excuse to you know it's really hard to market a show like hey come out and have some laughs about how the brain works. Like, well, but I would see. I would love. That. Oh, good. I well, would. See, well, I would absolutely. Uh, well, see, maybe that's just me being cynical and pessimistic. Because hopefully, in no, the future, I will be idiots. able to <laughs> market a show like that. But, but it turns out that people are really up for hearing about uh, <laughs> about psychedelics, and, yeah, and there's a bit yeah. of a renaissance happening right now. And so, this was actually. It started as just a way of me tricking people into a show so i could talk about perception and consciousness in an mm-hmm. interesting way um and my act can be a, a, sometimes a hair more like ted talky uh well, but there's nothing wrong with that it. either yeah i mean i think it's kind of the time for it and those things are kind of yep. taking off 
So this show ended up blowing up. I ended up doing a 111-city tour about it. Really? And, and, uh, and that's, that's how someone contacted me to do uh, this documentary. And, and um, yeah, the rest was history. I can, I can tell you more about what happened right, during the documentary and stuff. Absolutely. We'll be back in two minutes, Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom for Flow. For the past 35 years, Flow's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flow's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter shooting pucks at it, trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really, really fast. I've lost about 50 pounds now at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Moving to New York. This is my life. Is that why you're playing that? Ah, uh, you know. Figured my last day, I might as well play some of my favorites. You going to Mayalino? Uh, definitely. Gramercy Hotel. Gramercy Hotel, Don't forget Pally. to bring all your money. <laughs> yeah, bring all your money with bring you. Bring all your money and your friend's money, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and bring your friend's yeah. money, too. And a change of clothes, because I figured I would be doing dishes in the back. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah, just get a job it's, there so you can eat. It is phenomenal, though. I mean, it's a Maialino is an Italian it is. restaurant in the Gramercy Hotel Very in New York. Huh. It is amazing. I like a I like a fancy restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very good. Yeah, it is well, very what good. What are you too. paying for a meal there? Yeah. <clears throat> I bet you can't get out of there without spending one hundred and twenty-five a person. Oh. Okay. Now, is that the, is that the <laughs> place where handle that. Alex discovered I'm, her love of Italian reds? Where she got really upset. It was no, her... no, okay. No, that no, was she just with Dan. Dan someplace. She had an Italian red wine and got really oh. angry for some reason. Oh, like, and that's and Alex. She, she know, did that's it again. She had an that's Italian son, red man. again and got had the same reaction. Which so. is hilarious because Alex is one of the nicest people. I, I've never seen her mad. Oh God! When she gets mad, she's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> She's mad at me all she the time. She stores it all up, I guess. Oh, God. It's just, it's a, yeah. I know everything and you know nothing. Like, this oh, isn't great. so bad. Uh, 
the spaghetti, it's like $25, $30. Mm. For spaghetti, 30 bucks is... Is well, that the pasta negra? No. Pasta negra. I wonder if they do have that. doesn't look like it. <laughs> That's a Yelp oh, wait, review. Yes, they do. Oh, <laughs> that was Yelp. <laughs> we, uh, Catherine Jeez. and I have some interest in, in, in restaurants and... Oh. I looked at Yelp one time in one of the places that we were involved in. It's an Italian place, and the woman, she was a 19-year-old woman, and she said, I hated it. It was horrible. I ordered the pasta negra, and when it came, it was black. <laughs> like, uh, well, I don't know if you know what the word negra means, but she, clearly, um, did not know. she <laughs> clearly did not know what that word meant. And here's a hint. Wow. When you're at a restaurant wow. and you don't know what some of the words mean, you can ask, you can ask. the yeah. server and or just they will don't tell you. Order that thing. <clears throat> I mean, as far ask. as she knew, it could have meant like, you know, pig intestine. I get excited <laughs> when there's a thing that I don't Yeah, know oh yeah, about. I understand. Yeah, that. I'm, yep. I'm an adventurous eater. I mean, the, the, like uh going going out to eat is is like uh, one of my favorite pastimes. I'm on the road all the time. Yeah, either like yeah. I'm either just stuck in my hotel, you know, doing nothing, or if I do want to go out and see the town a little bit, I look up a nice restaurant and you know the the, the cool part of town or whatever. Are you right. staying in the North Loop? Um, I'm I'm like two blocks from Acme. So that's yeah, the North, North Loop. Loop. Yeah. So yeah, you should hit up uh, La Grassa. La Grassa, okay. I'll, yeah, food. I'll check that out. My parents are coming into because I'm I'm from oh. outside of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, you know, oh, originally, right. and so and my parents are coming in tonight. And Tom so, will have to hook you up though. That would be wonderful. Uh, I was also told the the art whirl. I should I should go to art or what is it? Art a whirl? Oh, art a whirl. I don't know what that is. There's some some sort of thing happened this know. weekend. I don't know. Oh, the art whirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, you it mean the art whirl? Yeah, the art whirl. Yeah, northeast. Yeah, yeah, northeast. Yep. That's yeah. right up there. Too. That's you'll love Northeast. Northeast mm-hmm. is a very, it's a very, it's a great new neighborhood. It was very it's blue a lot collar. Like I gotta write down this uh, the name of this uh, restaurant. I'll ask you again afterwards. Okay. okay, but Northeast Minneapolis was built this way. All, all the business was downtown, mm-hmm. and then the manufacturing kind of circled downtown, and the immediate areas like the northeast side of of Minneapolis is where all the workers lived. And then the next suburb is where all the like foreman and you know kind of middling management people lived, mm-hmm. and it literally layered all the way out until the owners lived out <laughs> in a place called North Oaks. I mean, it's right. everybody had no matter wherever you were in in that the, the strata of, of of workers, you lived in that neighborhood, and mm-hmm. that's just how it was. Now Northeast, where the blue collar people used to live, is now pretty pretty artsy, mm-hmm. right? But it's really good. Mm-hmm. A lot of really good restaurants, a lot of very interesting things to see. Hmm. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you. So you did a podcast about social media. Uh, this week, yeah. I mean, we've done a couple on social media. It's definitely not my uh, area of expertise or anything like that. But um, one thing I do like is uh, pretending like I know about stuff. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to uh, no, act I just mean, like I'm an expert. Well, I haven't been um, on it in over five years. So really, no, I, I just couldn't do it. I literally ran out of ways to tell people to go after themselves. Yeah, that, well, that's I couldn't great. do it. I uh, couldn't do it. I'm, you're my hero. I'm gonna. I want to. I want to. The, I want to get on the uh, Tom Bernard social media train of, 
of no leave train. me alone. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, that's, everybody's that's a tough guy. Everybody's yeah. a tough guy, and everybody's got especially this when they have like no avatar and they're completely <laughs> anonymous. That's when you can be super tough. Yeah. Oh yeah, then they're really tough. I want to. I want to. I was thinking this during my um, podcast the other day when we were talking about it. I was like, I want to. I want to find the inner. I want to have like a TV show where we find the internet trolls and then Ooh. everyone that they've trolled shows up at their at their parents house or wherever they're living of course it's kind of like cheaters but for social media that would be parents house i like that line because they don't have their own house i think you'll find that 80 percent of internet trolls are like under the age of 18 yeah i think so it's almost all kids yeah really yeah well i mean i mean that would certainly uh I kind of assume the same thing, and that certainly makes me feel better about it to be like, oh, that's just some dumb fourteen-year-old, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's well, harder that's true. to take a person. I actually, when when uh, when you know, it's one thing to you know read your YouTube comments, and somebody is like, this guy's gay or whatever. They're stupid, <laughs> like you know, fourteen-year-old thing. That that rolls right off. But what you know, you know, the things that cut deep is when someone like offers uh like a really um almost constructive criticism but like a really well written criticism of like a joke of mine or something that i'm like oh damn it they're kind of right those are the ones that sting a little bit more um but yeah i i I, we kind of talked about uh because for a lot of uh for a lot of academics um this the internet is a goldmine of, of data. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a lot of anthropologists uh, yeah. through history have had to travel to, you know, some faraway land to camp out in mosquito nets, you know, and, and try to, like, uh, pretend like they weren't interfering with, like, a family eating dinner and, like, <laughs> everyone was acting naturally or whatever. And, and now anthropologists can go and... Just mine all of this data from people's right. uh, mm-hmm. activities, so it's really interesting from that standpoint, and uh, and can be a little scary from uh, the standpoint of marketing and that sort of thing. So there's, I mean, one thing that I didn't realize um, Facebook was doing back in the day was, uh, I mean, with the the Cambridge Analytic thing and everything, yep. they yep. have the uh, so when you sign up for an app. Um, that app has access to all of your data and information. But what I didn't realize was that if uh, someone that you're friends with signs up for an app, that app has access to your data. So your friend wants to find out what Sex in the City character they are or whatever, so they <laughs> click agree. <laughs> and then Facebook has access to my data yeah, that's because someone I don't yeah, even that's know. Scary that's scary stuff. So, and, yeah. and, uh, that doesn't seem yeah, right. So it's, it's, uh, they've, they've since changed that practice, I believe. And, there, and then there was, I mean, this, I think it started with, uh, you know, not, not in like a malicious or like conspiratorial kind of thing. I think there was early on, there was a lot of like legitimate reasons for doing this and understanding the user better and, mm-hmm. and creating yeah. a better yeah. platform. And, and I think it's just gotten out of hand and then yes. now they're having to reevaluate everything. And, and I mean, and no one, if you, I don't, I don't really, I'm not a news person. I don't really follow the news. I just find it irritating in general, but, yes. um, but I, I caught like two minutes of the, 
of the hearing with the Zuckerberg. And it's, I, I mean, the our policymakers aren't even informed enough about the topic to know the right questions, questions to, to be more yeah. informed. About yeah. it. So it's, I mean, like what... How, like what kind of policies are we going to create? The policymakers would have no idea yeah, what policies to create. I was watching a little bit of that create. when Zuckerberg I mean, was testifying, and it yeah. was like all these sixty and seventy year old senators. Yeah, that, I know. You know. It's like why are they up there questioning yeah. this guy? How about that guy? Was it yesterday? <laughs> tried to make some comments on uh, on uh, climate change. He said the reason the oceans are rising. Is because of river runoff and waves coming up on shore and dragging sand back in yeah. to the ocean, and, and that's why the oceans are rising. And rocks, rocks and are rocks. falling into the ocean. Rocks falling yeah, into the ocean. ocean. That's why. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what he said. Yeah. And they yeah. said, eh, "It's yeah. got yeah. very little to do with it. Might have a little <laughs> bit to do with it, but yeah. it's got very little to do with oh. it. But things will. There's an ebb and flow to everything. And here's the problem that I have. And I was just talking to uh, Alan Shapiro. who has got an office right down the hall about the fact that we can't kind of meet in the middle on anything, that either you're right or I'm right, mm-hmm. and we hate one another. So you, so met, yeah. this guy, you met this guy, and in eight <clears throat> minutes you got into that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's a, well, he's a, he's an, I'm, an, I'm a Catholic radio announcer, and he's a Jewish lawyer, so it's the natural thing. Ah, I see. Yeah, there's uh, one, of the, one of the interesting studies that was mentioned in my podcast and came out a few years ago was they they put out uh uh they analyzed you know the the kind of uh most um inaccurate stories of you know oh, the, yeah. the fakest news or whatever and and uh and those those stories travel the fastest and and the furthest oh, yeah. because yes. they're just they're simply they're simply more interesting than reality is. Reality is <laughs> reality is fairly boring. I, I mean, that's that's why that's why the news is the uh, the way that it is. I mean, the real news of what's happened today is is that you know I I drove around, I went and got lunch, and then I like <laughs> came here without getting in a car crash. That's and, good. Like, it was a it was a, a incident free day, like. Most every other person's day on Earth, but there's nothing interesting about that. Right. And you want to in your ratings-driven um, program, and so you know you want to scare people into you know there's a shark attack in Australia, so stay out of the water, everywhere. There's just sharks jumping out everywhere, and, yeah. and so it gets in people's heads, and people think that this is this is an accurate perception of reality, and it's it's not. They're usually well, statistical anomalies that are played up for for ratings so i have to ask you a question about that do you think the fact that on abc nbc and cbs Catherine and i were watching the news the other night and i don't remember it was on abc nbc or cbs 17 of the 20 commercials we saw were for pharmaceuticals no yeah do see, you think incredible now, see what yeah. i'm saying so i'm gonna tell you there are shark attacks going on everywhere because you should probably take some sleep medication yeah. some anti-anxiety medications right. that bothers me that they're owned by the pharmaceutical well, what else company. was yeah. interesting about that is it, it, the the story why we started watching that was uh, trump had come on the air and said that he wanted to reduce the cost of pharmaceuticals for the american people right right so that was the news story yeah. So you would think that the pharmaceutical companies would maybe back off and not want their commercials on right after being, you know, 
basically called <laughs> ripoff artists, which yeah. I'm sorry, they are. Yeah. No. Uh, nope. Seventeen. Seventeen in a row. Seventeen out of twenty commercials were for pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I although I will tell you. One was for dogs and one was for cats. Mm-hmm. The oh, other 15 right. were for, for humans. Yeah, fleas and heartworm or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, it's I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty scared of the pharmaceutical. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's just the, the way in which, um, you know, pharmaceuticals uh, kind of evolve is just to, in, the, in the same way that evolution of anything works, which is people, people assume they're, they're like, getting better and better or mm-hmm. more more and more uh better for you and for your wellness right. and what and that's not that's yeah. just simply like not the criteria that is popularizing no. these no. things there's profit margins and you know factoring in uh, how much publicity uh, you know whatever death or unwanted effect is going to have and that's that's the kind of criteria being yeah. it's kind of to the benefit if they're a little addictive too or if i oh I yeah to go on a, oh yeah I had to go on a um, uh, mood stabilizers for uh, a little while, and um, and getting off of them was uh, was one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. And I was I was on them for like a month or two, and getting off of them was just oh like nothing but suicidal really? thoughts for like oh, two months straight. Oh God, that's that not awful. good. Yeah. That is and, not and that's good not news. to like deter because some of these things are that that's the tricky thing too. Some of these things are yes. well studied and have benefits and are yep. necessary for people in the right situations. Right. And that's the worst thing about all of it is that yep. real people do need real solutions yep. and, and they're using that to take advantage of a lot of other people. I want to hear more about that because we might learn something. We'll be right back with Shane Moss. He is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty. Back, Tom Bernard Show. Chris Lindahl's here talk about people wanting to sell their homes, but uh, the problem is they don't know where they're going to go. That's right. Yeah. The biggest challenge right now is, you know, you can sell your house and you can sell your house for more money with the Chris Lindahl team. The issue is, is where are you going to go? You know, are you going to move in with your parents, your grandparents? Are you going to have a hotel, townhome for temporary housing? Or are you going to move in with Tom? Well, they're not going to move in with me. <laughs> they might move in with Chris, though, ladies and gentlemen. That's K-R-I-S, by the way. We have to reach right out to him. Where are they going to go? Yeah, so we have a you-don't-have-to-move-twice guarantee yeah, like where there's, there's five steps that we take at the Chris Lindahl team where we put those things in your contract when we represent you so that you're protected. So you don't move twice. You're in control because you're the seller. And when you find a property, then you sell. It's a wonderful thing. So you've got the answer. I have the answer. Here we go. <laughs> That's why they're America's number one REMAX results team. We'll give the first five callers a free copy of Chris's number one best-selling book, Sold, chrislindahl.com, or you can call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Shane Moss at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10, 30, both nights. As a matter of fact, 
So you talked about taking mood stabilizers and then yeah, getting actually, off them. Yeah, I actually. And he's wearing yeah, a tiara right now, by the way. Yeah, right? yeah, I, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was making this documentary about psychedelics, and we had, we were on a low budget and had a short amount of time uh, to to make it, and so and and I was doing like. Uh, you know, we were capturing ketamine treatments and ayahuasca oh, yeah. ceremonies and all that. Yeah. And so I did. Uh, usually, you do a psychedelic once to uh, one or you know two or three times a year or something like that. And the integration process is is uh, to be respected. And and uh, and I was just kind of pushing it and and went uh, overboard with um, with doing too many too soon and, uh, lost my mind a little bit. And Did so there really? was, so it was an interesting, it ended up kind of making the documentary a lot more balanced because we weren't just, you know, singing the praises and right, saying that. Right. And so, so people also get to see that, you know, things can go, <laughs> things can go wrong with these things as well. And it's, and it's something to be respected and hopefully they'll be in a clinical setting with professionals administering right. the moon day. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I had a, uh, and I'm, uh, I'm bipolar, um, and I was bipolar two, which is the ones kind of the extreme version of bipolar, uh, and, uh, and, uh, heavy, uh, psychedelic use, uh, over last summer bumped me up to bipolar one. And, uh, and I had an extreme manic episode where I didn't sleep for about three weeks. Oh, and, uh, man. And, and then I had to go, that's when I had to go on mood stabilizers. You're lucky you well, didn't die. That's yeah. what's scary about um, psychedelics, though, right? Because you can have underlying yeah, you can disorders, have underlying mental disorders, and it won't manifest until you take psychedelics that's potentially something that can happen they so don't that's... uh they don't totally know and and that's um that's i mean this is part of the importance of studying uh them which is you know something like if you use cocaine for example because i'm i'm not in any way pro cocaine i would, mm-hmm. i'm anti-cocaine but scientists use cocaine to study addiction all of the time they're they're one of the uh, most highly used research uh, drugs because there's benefits in understanding what it's doing to the brain. But psychedelics are a Schedule One drug, uh, which doesn't deter use or increase penalties or anything. All that it does is make it so researchers can't test them and see what they're doing. And so I, I'm just an advocate for psychedelic research. It's it's, it's easier to administer. Um, uh, cocaine and pills and everything else to humans than it is to sure. test a psychedelic on rats. And so that's kind of the point that uh, we're trying to make with the documentary. But not that and not that people should go out doing them all rec- recreationally and that things can't go wrong. I'm actually kind of against doing them in, uh, in like, festival party situations. I yeah. think they're a meditative therapeutic aid, but... But um, but yeah, I'm obviously biased. They've been I've had 21 years of having uh, a really beneficial effect for my um, for my depressed states. That I, when you're bipolar too, it's mostly um, it's mostly de- the depression. Uh, the the mania only comes around once in a great while, but the depression is uh, is more chronic, and so. Uh, that's psychedelics have been something that have, have been more effective than anything else that I've found. Not that I'm saying they're for everybody, but you know. right. So lithium isn't the drug of choice now for bipolar disorder. Not um, for a while. Oh, really? Because I thought that was why people were 
were bipolar is because you were missing a, a, a salt, right? Lithium's a salt in your brain? No, no the, the, some it's kind. that simple. No, it's, it's in, around there. It's, I mean, it's not too far off. Well, Lithium's they don't really. Because a friend of mine who's bipolar, that's what she said. Mm. Well, but how long ago was that? I don't know. Yesterday. No, they still use lithium. They were going to put me on lithium last year, and then okay. I opted out of it. Okay. So, but it but, yeah. really helped because her. you uh, responded poorly to the uh, mood stabilizers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're not the first line of treatment, but it's still in use. Yeah. It just lithium has a lot of not great side effects. Is the oh. problem? Mm. Yeah, but, I, I think that they're probably very helpful for a lot of people. <clears throat> they weren't for me. Well, yeah, if you need it, then yeah, you should mm. probably take it. So how long, okay, say so they take you off the uh, the mood stabilizers, mm-hmm. and you said, how long were you suicidal? Mm, about two months. Two Jeez, months? That's a long time. Yeah. How did you get through 60 days of suicidal <laughs> Did thoughts? you know what it was? I mean, did you yeah, know it was a yeah, withdrawal? Yeah, I knew, I knew it was oh, going Oh, so you on. knew it was going so, on. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, So you could I mean, manage it, or did you need to? Yeah, no, I was okay. able to manage okay. it. I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily a stranger to suicidal thoughts anyway. Just not not that extreme and for that consistent and for so long. And and so uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I knew how to manage it. Okay. I, I write a lot of uh, I write a lot of my best material when I'm in my depressed states. Well, that's and what so I was going to ask I was you. kind of writing my way through it. I think yeah. a lot of people don't. Don't you think most Really creative people do have suicidal thoughts. Yeah, I mean, because they don't fit in. Well, there's also a lot of uh, there. There's a, a lot to do with um, with just being introspective. So there's right. there's uh, like I had a I had a podcast. This guy wrote a book called The Secret Lives of Pronouns and analyzing the different pronouns like I, we, you, them. You know, words that you don't even notice people using. You're not really conscious of. Um, and but you can you can put in a computer pro, uh, algorithm. They did a study where they they took uh, they took all of these various like very dark poets these uh, um, these like very depressed poets and half of them had killed themselves and the other half hadn't and they put their poetry into these computer algorithms and the computers were better than chance able to guess which ones had killed themselves really? and which weren't mm. and one of the main criteria is, is that uh, exceptionally depressed people will will say i and me mm-hmm. too much, and so that's actually really? something that that therapists will sometimes, if they catch you, you saying I or me, they'll be like, "Well, what do you think the effect is on your family or or other people?" Or if they hear you like blaming others way too much, then they have you kind of focus on yourself for a while. The idea is your yeah, your your brain giving your brain a more holistic picture of of reality is hmm. uh, gives it a lot more information to work with that's and creates a healthier like that. person. That's what scares me about social media because I think people are becoming much more introspective, mm-hmm. uh, and then taking that and just puking it out all over the yeah. world. I think that's very very harmful. I yeah. really do. It, it's it's giving them instead of dealing with their own stuff. They get to blame it all on you through social media. Yeah. That's not good. It's, it's, it's not healthy. Right. I don't think it's healthy at all, as a matter of fact. I just... Uh... I mean, I just, from a, from a practical standpoint, I, I started using social media. I, you know, when I started, I caught breaks really early on and was very fortunate. But part of the reason was I was, a, I was at the time, a very uh, 
prolific and unique joke writer and mm -hmm. because and most of that was about brainstorming writing jokes trial and error and tweaking things and editing things over time and letting things marinate for a while and then and then the better idea clicks into place when you're in the shower one day or whatever it might be and now and then social media came around and the first half-baked idea that i'd have i'd put it out on social mm. media and then it, like the process was kind of done you know and so and so it's it's like the 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 uh the cake was never done baking and it, it kind of ruined my um my creativity and i was writing less intelligent material until i kind of became aware so now if you if you take that so that's that's all well and good when you have uh someone who's uh a comedian you know uh, up on stage like peddling a few extra drinks to people on a night right. you know, there's not, right. not a big you know, there's not there's not any huge harm to society by me being slightly less funny. But then, if you have um, a, a world full of our leaders, which are now rather than sitting and critically thinking about, you know, how to create policy and how to present these ideas to the public, you're just firing off the first thought that pops yeah, in I your head. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um, I don't like yeah. that at all. It's, it's, it's dangerous, I think. I think it's pretty dangerous, and I think it's not allowing uh, the, the uh, subconscious world to, to really do what it does and, and take some of those initial ideas and turn them into something more productive and, and well thought out and creative. But... Uh, and so that's and that's not that's not to pick on any one politician. It seems like they're all doing that now. Yeah, they are all doing it because right they need that. they need attention. They need votes. Yeah. And they're reactionary. Know. Everybody's yeah. so reactionary. Well, they could have been like that the whole time, but how would we know? Right. Yeah, because we didn't have we didn't have the platform. Yeah, we didn't that's have instant true. access to their thoughts twenty four hours a day. So you know, which we don't maybe it's not them that changed. It's just the uh, way they communicate that changed. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. You know, people are fundamentally like that, I think. Yeah. You think people want to be mean and... A lot of them, yeah. I Makes them feel powerful. But how do they feel powerful when actually they're hiding? That's, what, that's the part that I don't understand. But I, you know, where I grew up and the fact that I, you know, was a pretty big guy and very muscular when I was a kid that you actually did feel powerful because you were, mm. you know? I, by the way, I could hear about a young Tom Bernard's body all day long. I could <laughs> laugh it up, Shane. I used to like Shane until just now. No, I, I, it, but it was just a situation where I was yeah. around a lot of people right. that were very powerful, right, right. very tough people, right. whether they were boxers or um, there wasn't a whole lot of MMA back then, but mm -hmm. but wrestlers, people like that. And it you was would MMA. see it was just called hobo fights. Yeah, it was pretty much just hobo fights back then. But yeah, actually being around people who are physically able to destroy everyone within miles and then seeing other people thinking, well, just because of social media I can act like that. It's like, mm, mm -hmm. no, yeah. no, 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 it's not well, a good idea. I mean, I think what it is is that with social media, I mean, people are having relationships via social media. Well, that's how I met you, actually. Well, yeah. It's and then, true. Then, you yeah. know, people, they don't physically interact with one another, so all they have to be tough is their words. Yeah, Because they don't have to confront people. They can do it from state to state, country yeah. to country. They don't... Yeah. 
have that interaction so they think their words are going to be who they are and they don't think things through no when they i mean and it's funny when you see somebody post something and then you start seeing the comments coming in and they're arguing and then by the end of the thread they're arguing arguing about something completely not even oh, yeah. with the original post. Within about five comments, and they've completely changed the And it's subject. like they're arguing about the argument. And it's like, it's it's so frustrating because it's like, is this all you live for? Yeah. I mean, yeah. these people, that's all they do. Is A lot the, of them, that is all they do. It's absolutely it, it's, true. It's like, oh, my God, just put the computer away. I mean, are you that miserable that you have to project that all over the place? But then there's, like, videos of, like, rotund puppies napping. (laughs) I love to go on social media for Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. I, many, many years ago, when when did social media hit? Like, 2008 or something? Facebook was about 2008. Yeah, Yeah, it was about 2008, something like that. But it wasn't too long after that, and I it was totally innocent. But my God, did I get shredded by people? They were talking about there was a story about Adam Lambert, right? And I don't know who Adam Lambert is. Not me either. He, he was on American Idol, okay. And he he's no Freddie Mercury. He he, he did head up Queen for a while, right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But the problem is, I didn't know who he was because I didn't watch American Idol, and I said. And I didn't mean anything by it. I just was asking a question. Why is there a story about Adam Lambert and there's a picture of a woman in it? Mm. But it was Adam Lambert. Oh, you just didn't know. Uh, yeah. But I didn't know. Right. So they're like, oh, my God, you homophobe. You're so horrible. I said, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. He said, that's Adam. I went, oh, God. Yeah, because he wears the guy liner. And yeah, he's yeah. flamboyant. And... I thought he was a woman. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't going, oh, God, he looks just like a woman. I, actually, I thought it was his sister then. Mm-hmm. I, said, I think I made the comment, why did they put a picture of his sister in there? Yeah, yeah. And then they really, oh, my God. it was. But I didn't know and I didn't mean anything by it. But people, oh, my God, did they get mad at me. Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I don't know anything about that. But yeah. Oh. Shane That's... Moss is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 1030. It was nice of you to come out. You're our first guest in this new location. Oh, yeah? Yep. You're oh, our like first it. in-studio guest in yeah, a new location. I mean, it's uh, the cupcakes really sold me. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, the cupcake? The cupcake queen? Yeah. It'll work. Well, it was great seeing you again. I'm great glad to, to hear you guys. No, uh, again. Tell us about your movie on the way out. Uh, you can go to psychonauticsfilm.com. You can go to Shane Moss, M-A-U-S-S, dot com. Uh, I, I need to, the tickets are going on sale like two days, so uh, getting my website updated soon. So if you know anyone in L.A., I would love to see uh, people out. Excellent. Shane, thank you. Great seeing you. Thank you. We'll be back in a few minutes. Tom Bernard Show.